Welcome to Come Talk Health Radio. My goal here is to have conversations with anyone curious about health from a holistic viewpoint. Holistic by definition includes everything. So from a holistic point of view, there is nothing that does not impact your health. Although many, many things will have very, very small impact. I am happy to go down whatever rabbit hole fascinates you. But at some point, I will bring our conversations back to the issues that make the biggest impact. I believe we all have wisdom to share. I know you have lessons for me. And I have been told many times that if you really want to learn something, teach it. I am not a licensed health professional. I am simply your peer. I desire to be of service to any of you listening who may now be where I once was. So now is the time to call in and join the health revolution. The number is... 516-531-9475. This show is live seven days a week from noon until 3 p.m. Eastern. Now here's a song by my friend Allison David from the UK off her album Believe.
Welcome to Come Talk Health Radio. I am your host, Scott Kuslund. Today is Monday, March 23rd, 2020. So today's episode, I want to talk about one of the most important books that came into, uh, into my life after becoming a health professional. Minerals for the Genetic Code, the subtitle, An Exposition and Analysis of the Dr. Ulrey Standard Genetic Periodic Chart and the Physical, Chemical, and Biological Connection by Charles Walters. It's published in 2006 by Acres USA. And um, I think I was, I'd somehow I'd found the Acres USA website because uh, something that I was reading about um, the importance of uh, minerals in the soil for having healthy plants and was browsing around their, their website and found they had a list of books they'd published and when I saw the title for this book, I was just like, well, that's a no-brainer. I'm buying that thing. And I studied this for years. And um, at some point, I I got to kind of the, 
the core information in it as far as I was concerned, um, not being really interested too much in the, um, you know, which vertebra was involved in each of the different, uh, each of the different minerals and what the I Ching is for it and what the amino acids that are associated with each one, you know, was interesting to me, but um, the core, for me, the core of the whole book is on page 84, where he has his uh, biological periodic chart. And in uh, in the book, he mentions about different minerals being, you know, the the master mineral for a, a particular electrical charge. And he never laid it out like on on a single chart or table or anything. Um so I pieced it together and um color coded my uh My my book here on page eighty four and eighty five, and he got this chart from the work of Walter Russell. He has the copyright there from nineteen twenty six. And if you've never heard the name Walter Russell, highly recommend you uh, go onto YouTube and do a search for his name and. Um, yeah, just there's like a 30-minute um, intro by the uh, the director of um, an organization that you know caretakes his uh, his legacy, and you know he was um, he was an architect, he was a figure skater, um, he was a famous sculptor, just a brilliant guy, and. At that, you know, when I found this book, it's probably 2007, I think, 2008. I, you know, was still pretty clueless about music, but I've always loved music. I love to listen to it, love to sing to it. Um, so when I was looking at the periodic chart that is based on a musical scale. I was like, wow, how cool is that? So, you know, I did my uh, color coding and I was, I, you know, marked off the, the master minerals for each of the electrical charges. And um, I was like, oh, okay, that's symmetrical. And then, you know, for the, you know, for electrical charge, you either have an extra electron, so you'll be a minus one, or with a, if you're short an electron, you'll be a, a plus one electrical charge. And then if you have two extra electrons, minus two, etc. So when I, you know, was studying the uh, trace element, analysis and had looked at 
you know, learned the most important thing about the lab work is the the relationship between sodium and potassium. I was like, oh, well, potassium is one of those master minerals. And, okay, and it's paired up with iodine. I was like, well, how about that? Like, the sodium-potassium ratio, you know, it governs water in our bodies. America's, in general, overdosing on salt, so has, you know, double, triple the amount of sodium intake that's considered healthy. And then potassium, like, I think uh, an analysis, you know, an article about the, uh, the survey that's done every two years now on the, you know, the, they do a whole bunch of different, you know, it's a huge questionnaire. And um, I don't know, know exactly how they collect all their data and, you know, <laughs> all the different things they collect, but at some point I'm going to dig into that. I was looking at that a little bit this morning, but um, I believe the number was about 50% of Americans are not oh god I have lost that Um, hmm. well I do remember it was there was a 90% for potassium who are, who are not making over 90% that are not making it. I think it was like 97%. It was super, I mean, 90% is super high anyway, but um, over 90% of Americans are not getting enough potassium. And I don't know what the numbers are as far as what I consider the ridiculously low in, recommended intake for iodine. Lots of people aren't meeting even that really low um, low bar of 150 micrograms. And, in, you know, I agree with Dr. David Brownstein that, uh, you know, really the minimum you need daily is around 12 or 13 milligrams or 12 or 13,000 micrograms to keep all the cells of your body happy, not just the thyroid. And he has said in different lectures that I've watched that have been you know, recorded and uploaded to YouTube that in the testing that he does with his clients out of you know, his medical practice is that I think it was 96 percent of the clients he's tested have been deficient in iodine, which is pretty close to the number of people, if my memory is right, I think it was 97% for potassium found in the NHANES um, questionnaires. So whatever the exact numbers are, easily over 90% of Americans are deficient in potassium and iodine and have an excess of sodium. So because water is the basis of all life, 
I was like, well, geez, <laughs> how, how uh, not surprising it is that we would get the most basic thing about nutrition absolutely wrong. We get an F minus. Um, so let's see, that is my little uh, intro to the, the first electrical kingdom. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I <laughs> read Lord of the Rings too many times as a kid or something, and I'm just fascinated with, uh, you know, kings and queens. And anyway, the um, the next two kings and you know the next king and queen for the plus and minus two electrical charge or electrical kingdom. Uh, is selenium and magnesium. And I don't recall seeing any numbers um, about, you know, what percentage of Americans are are deficient in these two minerals. But my experience is that it's, you know, very widespread. So, and then looking at what all the things that selenium and magnesium do in the body, it's like, I remember one little piece of trivia about magnesium that I believe it was referred to as the, um, the you know, for, for enzyme production in the body, that more enzymes rely on magnesium than any other mineral and I believe the number when I was reading this probably in the 2007 um, time frame the number of enzymes they had found was over 300 that uh, you know and, and in the way I explain health enzymes are like the tools that the cells of your body use to do their work. So, you know, the body's amazingly resilient and there's always, always seems to be a plan B and even a plan C built into the intelligence of our bodies, which, you know, if we're doing such basic things wrong, you'd think we wouldn't live <laughs> for more than uh, 20 years or something like it has been the case in the past um, but I guess it it's for me it's one of the evidences that we have a a loving merciful God um, that will that allows us to screw things up so majorly and we you know at this point in history anyway the the western world you know the first world is enjoying a, you know, privileges and conveniences that are unheard of, that, you know, the kings and queens of old only dreamt of, you know, even the poorest in America have access to cell phones, for example. I mean, that shit is magic. It still feels like magic to me. Anyway, selenium and magnesium 
And two of the really uh, quick trivia things to touch on with, with these two is that selenium also is involved in a tremendous amount of um, enzymes. It's required for those enzymes to be con- constructed. One of them is uh, has the role of converting the most abundant thyroid hormone into the active form. So if you have a low amount of selenium, that conversion um, happens less often than your body would like it to. And then for magnesium, you know, one of the the little blurbs I used in selling magnesium tablets back in the day was, it will if you're low in magnesium, you're much you're very likely to have muscle cramps, restless leg syndrome, and constipation, and headaches, and of course. You know, the best thing is to adjust your diet. <laughs> and um, But, of course, the, we love convenience, and I'm no exception to that. And the, it's just so easy to take a couple pills in the morning and a couple more at night and away go your symptoms, and you can live a relatively happy life without changing your lifestyle. So magnesium, I would, you know, continue my little sales pitch um, holds water in in the colon so um, it's you'll have softer stools so that that sold a lot of magnesium (laughs) Um, the next electrical kingdom at plus three and minus three is boron and phosphorus. And phosphorus is, you know, one of those things that I don't believe I've ever seen anyone be um, deficient in. But it's in pretty much everything that we eat. Um, I mentioned the other day about, um, you know, the chemical fertilizer industry. You know, the the big seller for for decades is a combination of three minerals nitrogen potassium and phosphorus or nitrogen phosphorus potassium npk as it's referred to so you know we there is no uh no large scale problem with low amounts of phosphorus but its partner boron is I don't have the numbers on on boron deficiency, but um, you know it's there's not a whole lot of foods that are high in it, um, and one of the foods that Dr. Olray mentions in this book is that you can get a good amount of boron from apple cores. So I think I'd looked one time and I was like, well, there's not much to an apple core. Other, you know, the, It's got to be the seeds. And, uh, and when, when I looked up, you know, apple seeds, 
kind of the first thing that came up was that apple seeds have cyanide in them. And if you know anything about, you know, kind of historical poisons, cyanide is a fairly famous one. Um, But (laughs) uh, somewhere I did the math and it was like a ridiculous amount of apple seeds you would have to eat to uh, be in danger of poisoning yourself with cyanide. What, you know, and so anyway, I love apples. Um, Pink ladies are my favorite at the moment. And um, so every time I'm chopping up my apples, I uh, take the opportunity to, to chew up some apple seeds and get, get a boost of boron. And one of the things about boron that is, you know, hugely important is it helps you hold on to magnesium, according to Dr. Allray. And because we're all dehydrated, well, almost all, hopefully I'm, if I am dehydrated, it is very, very small. <laughs> you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty close to the, uh, as close to perfect as I can get at this point in my evolution, but I'm sure I have room for improvement. But anyway, when we're dehydrated, we lose magnesium. Another bit of wisdom from this book. Uh, So, of course, being dehydrated is going to make every disease diagnosable disease um, worse. It'll make it progress faster. And the last electrical kingdom is the plus four minus four. And here we have, uh, well, Dr. Ulrey says that carbon rules both the positive and the negative charges. I I couldn't find anywhere that he talked about silicon as being one of these master mineral pairs that for some reason, you know, appears to me from his book, I mean, that um, carbon is special. But when I look at the, you know, the musical scale of the elements that he refers to as the biological periodic chart, and I noticed the symmetries, and carbon and phosphorus, no, 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 carbon and silicon are, you know, like a mirror image of each other. So even though in the book he says carbon is the one that rules both the positive and the negative, I view it as, you know, another king and queen pair. So carbon and silica. And, um, you know, carbon is pretty much everything we eat. Silicon seems to be a deficiency problem. There's um, a few different companies out there that make, you know, silica supplements. And um, the ones that I've used over the years, and I'm actually using one right now, I think it's by Positive, Positive Power Nutrition. Um, and they, you know, they say that it's, uh, 
highly bioavailable. You know that it it's a form of silica that or silicon that gets absorbed easily by the body. And one of the things I noticed after I take it started taking um, silicon as a supplement was that the the strength of my nails went way up. Like I my nails used to commonly um, you know, split and I was kind of peeling off my the ends of my nails constantly and I was when I wasn't in handy reach of a pair of na- nail clippers. But that's the quick and dirty on the the core of what's in this amazing book. And, you know, anybody out there that wants to understand nutrition to, I mean, you, you can go deep with this thing. There, this thing is, this book is just packed full of stuff. Um, including one of the things that he, I, I remember I listened to a, an audio recording of, of him years ago. And, uh, he was one of the things he said was that the the last part of his book is called sourcing the elements and in in there he lists from highest to lowest all of the foods all the herbs that are a good source of each of the of the minerals and um yeah One of the uh, things I disagree with Dr. Allray, and who knows, it's been a long time since I heard that talk, and he he was talking about iodine. And in his opinion back then, anyway, he he was of the belief that you really only need about two or three thousand micrograms, you know, two or three milligrams of iodine daily, um, and that. He thought that more than that would be um, unhealthy for you. But another little tidbit that I'm not sure if it was from that same uh, lecture that, or I'm pretty sure it was a lecture. It might have been an interview. It's been a long time. But um, one of the things I came across was that um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. He, he he was talking about people that live near the ocean can can get, you know, up to two two milligrams of iodine just by breathing the the sea air. And I was like, huh. I mean, human populations have concentrated on the seacoast for a long, long time. Probably always, always will. Um, but so then I was like, okay, well, why is that? And then I was looking up, I found a, a report talking about the highest concentration of iodine in sea air happens at a very logical time, <laughs> which is at low tide when uh, seaweed is drying on the on the rocks or the you know, on the beach, and that I, you know, iodine is 
being carried out with the water vapor as it's the seaweeds being heated by the sun. And then, you know, getting back to my favorite doctor, um, Dr. David Brownstein, he, you know, he his practice is in the middle of the country in what's referred to as the goiter belt. And um, you know, the to me that you know the idea of of a hillbilly, you know, people who are less intelligent, you know, I've never heard of hillbillies living near a sea, of course. Sea level tends to be fairly common near the sea and not hills, but, uh, you know, it's always, in my mind anyway, it's about, you know, more the, the centers, you know, hundreds of miles from an ocean. And, you know, the the fact of how nutrients are, are uh, blown around, it's like the farther you get from an ocean, the less iodine is going to be in the soils. I mean, that's that's a that's just a fact it's not not even a controversial fact so you know if you if you're not living near near the ocean then it's super duper crazy important to uh make sure that you're you're taking some kind of an iodine supplement and if if you've never heard this information and you're living in the middle of the country and you have you know, quote unquote, good health insurance. There's a high likelihood your doctor's either saying, "Oh, well, you're kind of borderline uh, hypo or hyper thyroid," um, because Dr. Brownstein has convincingly um, written about the fact that both hypo and hyper um, thyroid is. Uh, are both symptoms of iodine deficiency. So if you know if you're living far from an ocean, I would I would guess that the the majority of you have been told by your primary care physician and or endocrinologist that you probably should start taking synthetic thyroid hormones and uh, yeah and it's like well if it's this kind of if if health is really this simple how how is it that our doctors and you know hormone specialists are just totally blind to it and uh, that should probably be an entire show on its own. So I'm not going to go there today. Um, before I go into a little bit more detail about what uh, Charles Walters uh, and Dr. Olray have shared with us in this book about, you know, the what I refer to as the um, the you know the real the high royalty um, 
and those being the ones that impact our body's ability to use water uh, in the biggest way, which up until I had refreshed my memory by flipping through this book last night and this morning, I'd really confined it to, you know, the, the first two kingdoms, um, the first two electrical kingdoms, but reading a little snippet, um, about Boron was like, Hmm, I'd forgotten about that. That Boron plays a big role with, uh, the ability to hold on to magnesium. Um, anyway, we'll get into, to more of that after a short musical interlude. Let us play through the rain. Everything I wish for, everything I dream of, is nothing if I can't share it with you. I could save you from your fears, whisk them all away. I'd make any sacrifice necessary. I don't want to see you suffer something deep inside. I want to shine a light of hope into your darkest night. Though my candle burning, it's up to you to see. Darling, only you can set yourself free.
All right, I am back. During the break, I um, took took the opportunity to go to AkersUSA.com and uh, dig up the latest info on minerals for the genetic code. And I find that the book came out with a, an updated edition in 2013. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to buy that. And it is available on Kindle and Apple iBooks. So the printed copy is 17.50. They sell it uh, 32 to the case. Wow. And on Amazon, they're selling the Kindle for $9.99. So I think I'm going to have to get me the Kindle version. I love the the ability to search in Kindle. And you can do all the highlighting you want. Anyway. um, Let us take a peek here. I have a bunch of notes for... So for each of the, you know, the the first two kingdoms, I um, I have what I consider like you know the the king and the queen and then like the royal child. Um, so I've talked about iodine, potassium, and sodium um, a bit here <laughs> today and on previous shows about you know the in the trace element analysis that um, I used in my practice by sending off a hair sample to the lab and having its elements analyzed that sodium and potassium is the water balance ratio or the life and death ratio or the vitality ratio Um, and that Americans are you know 90% of Americans are de- are low in iodine and potassium, which is just a health di- health disaster. Um, so in the in the analysis and correlations that Dr. Olray has put together, um, he ties each of the elements up with. Uh, the I Ching from 1 to 64 and sodium is number 37 so here in the 2006 version it is on page 140 and I'm just going to read off to you um, the highlights in each that I've um, I found particularly striking and informative. Uh, so for sodium, it is uh, a plus one valence or a plus one electrical charge, and the uh, the genetic codon. <laughs> is a UUG, which 
unless you're a genetic scientist or a genetic expert or a genetic enthusiast, probably means not a whole lot to you. Doesn't mean a whole lot to me, but um, sodium is associated with the kidney. Um, Dr. Ulrich says it is involved with almost 18 million base pairs in our genetic, in our genome. And the highlights I have here are uh, right in the middle of the page says, people cannot live without sodium, but too much sodium causes arteries to harden. And the next highlight I have is under certain stressful family circumstances, often unwanted divorces, a person can spontaneously lose almost all of their sodium and end up in the hospital. And I haven't highlighted this, but, um, you know, Dr. Ulrich's you know, a doctor of chiropractic, and uh, generally at the very end, he, you know, maybe always, um, he has, you know, the the classical uh, um, chiropractic wisdom about, you know, uh, he says that sodium is associated with the thoracic 12 disc, and that the thoracic 12 bone is known to receive nerve fibers from this spinal segment, and they are related to the intestines, fallopian tubes, and lymph circulation, which I describe lymph as uh, the second of the three major waterways in the body, you know, the first being um, the first fluid being the blood, the second being lymph fluid or lymphatic fluid, and the third being the cerebral spinal fluid. Um, so sodium is associated with lymphatic fluid. And it says some of the conditions that can follow having pressure on or interference with the nerves that come through the thoracic 12 vertebra are rheumatism, gas pain, and certain types of sterility. And let's see, next we'll go over potassium, which is number 45. So potassium, let's see, 35, look at sodium for just a second again, associated with the amino acid leucine. Um, uh, there's no trivia that pops out of my mind about leucine. Um, but for potassium, um, it is associated with threonine or threonine. And if memory serves me correctly, this is one of the um, I found in a few different supplements to help improve mood. Um, 
Potassium is associated with the lumbar four disc, the liver. It is a plus one electrical valence, and I, I refer to potassium as the king of the plus and minus one electrical kingdom um, paired with its queen, iodine. So I have highlighted here um, that uh, potassium has a profound effect on the functioning of the liver and it is regulated by iodine and that potassium is critical for heart function that waking up routinely at 3 a.m. usually designates a calcium or magnesium deficiency but a routine 2 a.m. wake up is associated with a potassium imbalance. And he adds here that the culprit is often a medicine uh, that keeps the liver too toxic to regenerate on schedule. So the uh, potassium being associated with the liver regenerating at 2 a.m. So those 2 a.m. wake-ups, if you're having them, very good chance you are one of the 90-something percent of Americans who are seriously low in potassium. My other highlights here are potassium is known as the great alkalizer as it is a primary electrolyte important to pH balance and water balance. This element plays a vital role in nerve function and cellular integrity by regulating the transfer of nutrients into the cell. Potassium attracts oxygen to tissues. Lack of potassium reduces tissue oxygenation. So after water, the next most important nutrient is oxygen. So potassium is kind of a big deal. And when 90% of the country doesn't get enough of it, is it any mystery now that you have heard this anyway? Okay, is it, uh, does it, do you see a connection between why we are spending ourselves into bankruptcy with our health care spending? And then when he talks about alkali, um, that potassium is known as the great alkalizer, it reminded me of something that I learned. Um, by a training I went to that was uh, sponsored by the uh, supplement country, com the supplement company based in Brattleboro, Vermont, called New Chapter, which of all the the industry training that I had the opportunity to go to, uh, the training that I got from. Uh, new chapter was pretty much mind-blowing every time. Um, 
And one of the things I learned was that ultimately the the thing that maintains our healthy acid alkaline balance are the bacteria. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I mean, it, it didn't seem quite right to me at the time, but I was, you know, I was like, well, that's food for thought. I'm going to have to kind of file that away and maybe it'll make more sense to me someday than it does now. And then probably 2013, I think, you know, I had, I had moved down, I, you know, put my practice on hold slash close to forever (laughs) is what I'm thinking now. But, uh, I'd moved down to, to write the book. I was like, all right, I need to get this out in book format. So moved down to the mountains of North Carolina. I'd always, you know, had wanted to explore Asheville for a long time. And I, uh, it, you know, the place just called to me. Um, so when I was down there, I came across the book of Jerry Tennant called Healing is Voltage. And of course, when I saw that title, that was another no brainer. <laughs> I'm buying that. Um, and he's talking about you need, I think, for a healthy cell, it's minus 25 millivolts. And for the cell to to divide, the cell voltage has to go up to minus 50. And then each, you know, each as the cell divides and you have two instead of the one, then that voltage gets split and you have two healthy cells that minus 25 millivolts. So, you know, the idea of acid and alkaline balance had always kind of been a, I don't know, like a thorn in my side. Like I I just felt off. So I I didn't talk about it very much. Um, You know, I, I, in, in my wanderings through the interwebs, I'd often come across you know, alkalizing diets and different foods that are super acid producing and, or, or, or the opposite, super alkaline. Um, but when I peered up what I'd learned at the new chapter seminar with Dr. Tennant's book, Healing is Voltage, I was like, oh, in the, you know, the, the new research about the human genome and that our uh, human cells are outnumbered by bacterial cells 10 to 1, the idea was like, it just, like, oh, all right, well, our cells, and of course, any living thing is has to have energy, so you have to have an excess of energy to expand and to reproduce, so our bacteria have voltage, and and uh, Dr. Tennant was explains that you know a negative charge having excess electrons is alkaline, and that having um, 
you know, a positive charge and having a lack of electrons is acid. I was like, huh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I remember from chemistry class that acids were, you know, hungry for electrons and they just strip electrons from whatever they touch. And that's what creates the acid burn. It's when, you know, tissues get energy sucked out of them. And on the other side, you can get an alkaline burn. And that is from having too much energy. I was like, wow, what an awesome, I mean, it's so simple. Like, if you you want to be more alkaline, it finally made sense. Like, you know, I'd, uh, one of the things I, you know, leaned towards initially before I got into the, the trace element hair analysis was the, um, the Reams theory of biological ionization. And one of the things that they did was, you know, measure the pH of, of urine and, um, you know, read it, you know, some uh, articles about Bernard Jensen and, you know, they sold these alcohol, you know, pH test strips so you could test your saliva, you know, you could, you know, do all kinds of investigation, you know, little science experiments on your own body, you know, before and after you eat, before you, after you have a candy bar, like what happens to your, the saliva of your, the pH of your saliva after you have, uh, you know, a candy bar or ice cream. Anyway, um, how that just kind of like all clicked together with, we want to be alkaline because, if you want to live, you need energy. <clears throat> so I was like, well, that's, you know, stupid, simple. Yay. <laughs> Yay for simple. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if you're more acid, then, you know, you're, you're, you're having an energy shortage in your body. And that's stupid, simple, too. If I don't have enough energy in my body, then it's going to fall apart. And then learning about, you know, the possibilities of having an indefinite lifespan, I was like, well, really, it's it, all it comes down to is being able to, to have enough energy, you know, move through our, our you know, our energy system, our, our whole self, both our... Uh, you know the physical matter, and also, you know our um, our aura, which to me I just think of it as, you know, the electromagnetic fields that are generated by the flow of electricity through our body. You know, the the most easy to detect is that that field around our hearts. Um, but anyway, that is um, quite the the tangent from talking about potassium, but uh, that's what happens with me. You read something and we'll start going down a rabbit hole. Uh, So potassium is known as the great alkalizer. Um, I have read that. Let's see. 
Do I have anything on the next page? I do not. And now, number 59 comes to the field. The all-star of the team, Iodine. So, Iodine is a negative one electrical charge, and I refer to Iodine as the queen of the uh, plus and minus one electrical valence. It is associated with glutamine, the urinary bladder, and the highlights I have here, um, I'll start at the beginning of the sentence. Uh, One of the most overlooked and important aspect of critical diagnoses, according to Richard Olray, has to do with the most common tumor found in women, the fibrocystic tumor, also called ovarian cyst. This is a caffeine toxicity with an iodine deficiency. And reading this reminds me of, while another thing I learned from Dr. David Brownstein was that fibrocystic breast disease is an iodine deficiency. And what Dr. Ulrey has to say about it is that potassium falls out of solution into pockets called cysts. Oh, that's hard to say with my (laughs) smile direct retainers on. Um, Potassium falls out of solution into pockets called cysts. C-Y-S-T-S. The most notorious are fibrocystic breast disease or uh, uterine abnormities. So it says a little further down in the paragraph that I did not highlight uh, It says, when women are iodine deficient, they crave chocolate. Hmm, Have you ever met any women that crave chocolate? (laughs) For me, that has been basically every woman I have ever talked to (laughs) in my entire life um, crave chocolate. And, And it says that, you know, Chocolate has more caffeine than coffee, which surprises me. I I question that whether that's accurate or not. But um, it's he goes on to to say to end the paragraph: uh, the caffeine addiction is a near perfect insurance policy for the tumors, <laughs> not for you. Uh, caffeine addiction is a guarantee, is a perfect insurance policy for the 
for the uterine and uh, fibrocystic tumors, ovarian cysts, fibrocystic breasts, cysts. In the next paragraph, he says, if you live in the United States, one-tenth of a milligram of iodine will keep you alive. This, according to the recommended dietary allowance. In Canada, the the government decrees that the dietary allowance is what it takes to maintain optimum health, one milligram. So I mentioned earlier that I thought, I'm pretty sure he had mentioned that, you know, two milligrams is two or three was the most that he considered to be a a healthy intake. But, uh, you know, the the work of the iodine project doctors and um, Dr. Circus, who is probably my overall favorite nutritional uh, licensed health professional, um, and Dr. Brownstein and Dr. Fleckus and Dr. Abraham, um, you know, the, their clinical experience is to me, it's open and shut case. You know, you can't truly be healthy unless your body is either intaking 12 or 13 milligrams a day and as far as I can tell, you know, the more the merrier. Like I went all the way up to almost, well, just I, I think I don't know why I was shooting for, you know, six and three quarter grams. But anyway, when I got up to about six and a quarter, six and a half grams, you know, I I got a um, antioxidant overdose symptom of you know having having a bloody nose, but. Uh, you know, I was going super slow, and it took me a couple months to to max out, if I remember. Um, anyway, the uh, it's obvious to me. I mean, I, I took fifty milligrams or fifty thousand micrograms every day for ten years. Um, I've been taking two hundred plus milligrams for over a year. Uh, have had no negative side effects, zero. And the only side effect I noticed from going from 50 to 200 or maybe as much as 500 milligrams a day um, is that I'm warmer. (laughs) And um, I know there are a lot, a lot of cold people out there and uh it's so easy to fix you know it's you know may may be and you know most be just based on the the national survey data um you know most Americans have multiple essential nutrient deficiencies, and you know when you're deficient in iodine potassium selenium magnesium fiber water um, you know it there's a good chance that you're gonna have to 
address all of those deficiencies. And, you know, if you do that through diet or through supplements, you know, that, that's, that's your call. Um, but it's, you know, it's totally doable. It's, to, you know, it's not rocket science. This is probably the biggest tragedy of our current age, you know, our current uh, level of sophistication here on planet Earth is that we have come to believe that the simplest things in the world are beyond our comprehension. And the two that come to mind, one you should be able to guess, would be how do you construct a healthy body? Super simple. I mean, as complex as we are and life is in general, the fact that all you need to know is the you know the seven different aspects of construction and also you know be be uh paying attention to any damage that happens to the structure after its or during its construction um, and it's a pretty straightforward detective work um, to look at and find out how to correct those um those deficiencies or those weaknesses in the construction that is you, that is every living system in the universe. So what else do I have highlighted here? Um, Next highlight is on the next page. And it says, as an essential trace element, iodine is essential for the metabolism of fats and is important for physical and mental development. Iodine helps with the assimilation of phosphorus and the utilization of calcium. Iodine must have the mineral selenium to make the thyroid work properly. And I would also add, you also need the mineral sodium to make the thyroid work properly. One of the, you know, about as geeky as I get is um, talking about the how iodine gets into the thyroid. It's called the the sodium iodide symporter. That's the mechanism where the thyroid absorbs iodine out of the blood. Um, so one of you know, there's um, a couple different. Uh, iodine uh, Facebook groups where people are, you know, supporting each other and helping each other um, reintroduce or I guess if they had, if they didn't have it at all, they wouldn't be alive. But to, to uh, introduce more of, of this magic pill of a, a trace element back into their bodies at higher and higher dosages and they have different people have developed, you know, support, supporting nutri- nutrients 
to make make the journey a lot more comfortable and uh, more uh, more efficient. Um, and salt is one of those nutrients. And that you know, so many people have been frightened away from from using salt that. You know, it's one of the stumbling blocks that that people will have if they hang on to the idea that they they have to, you know, watch their salt intake like a hawk. Otherwise, you know, their body's going to fall apart. And they're and because of that, not actually have enough sodium in their diet, so their thyroid can absorb whatever iodine they decide to take and then not get the results because if the iodine doesn't get into the thyroid gland, it's not going to be able to make, you know, it's not going to be able to make all those lovely thyroid hormones, which are so critical to converting food into energy. Um, So that covers highlights for iodine. And I covered sodium potassium. So next up on the hit parade are the king and queen and the royal child for the plus and minus two electrical kingdom. Those being selenium is the queen, magnesium the king, and calcium the royal child. So selenium is number 50. Selenium is associated with the amino acid arginine or arginine. And it is tied to the L-I. I think that would be lower intestine to stomach. 7 a.m. regeneration cycle. It is a you know, minus two electrical charge. Um, the highlights I have here for selenium, uh, it is probably the most important of all agricultural minerals, as well as the DNA's longevity. Selenium has a profound effect on the stabilization of DNA strands of tumor-suppressing proteins, proteins that keep tumors from growing in the body. My next highlight here is, I'll back up to the beginning of the sentence, Uh, in the Nutritional Prevention of Cancer trial, it says Clark and colleagues, um, it says Larry Clark at the University of Arizona, Um, so he found that selenium may reduce the incidence and the incidence of and mortality from cancers in several sites in the body. And 
In the Nutritional Prevention of Cancer trial, Clark and colleagues found that the incidence of prostate cancer was decreased by 63% in a group of participants who took 200 micrograms of selenium each day as compared to a group of participants who did not take selenium. Uh, Decreased incidences of lung and colorectal cancers were also found in participants who took selenium. So I'll um, throw in my own two cents here about selenium. Um, One of, uh, actually, I can't think of, can't think of more than just this one cancer uh, that I've helped coach someone through. And uh, I was an older gentleman from Virginia, never met the guy, worked with him exclusively over the telephone, and, um, you know, developed a nutritional supplement program for him. And his cancer went into remission. And I, you know, talked with this guy. I don't know, every month or two, he'd call in to to reorder supplements. And you know, for for I don't know. I think I first talked to him probably. It might have been, even been 2004, but if not 2004, then soon after. And. I stopped working at Holistic Health. It was either late 2010 or early 2011 as I shifted um, to my girlfriend's office. Uh, I was dating a chiropractor at the time. So I figured, well, instead of you know giving my friend Albert Snow a cut of, um, of my uh, consultation fee, I'd rather give that that money to my girlfriend. Um, so I was using her office when she wasn't using it. And I did, um, telephone consults from my home office if her office wasn't available. Um, but anyway, you know, I talked to this guy who had been diagnosed with prostate cancer. He had gone into remission working with, uh, my mentor, Albert Snow, and then uh, he got handed over to me, and I worked with him for for th- about three years after that. And uh, yeah, it's amazing what selenium can do. And of course, I also had had him take uh, iodine as well. And uh, I don't, I I believe he he stopped at. Um, the 12 and a half milligram tablet that uh, Optimox makes. But I, I had, I know for cancer, um, my recommendation was uh, from what I read that, you know, Dr. Allray talks about this study of 200 micrograms. Um, But from what I read from Dr. Brownstein um, and other places on the internet, um, 
I had come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, the, the toxic, you know, the dose that, but that was considered toxic by most of the research that I came across was, you know, somewhere around a milligram or a thousand micrograms. So uh, I was like, well, if you can get such great results with 200 and, you know, there's no toxicity problem with selenium taking up to a thousand micrograms a day, then 600, that's kind of a sweet spot. Um, and, uh, and it worked very well. Um, not that I work with a, a ton of people with cancer, but, um, the, uh, the evidence of the other nutritional aware health licensed health professionals out there in the world, um, you know, combined with my own personal experience and, um, I didn't, yeah, just was like, oh, well, I do know one other person that dealt with cancer and it was, it was uh, one of my two lovely sisters. Um, and, and, you know, I, I shared her different, with her different things, but I, I never developed a, you know, a program for her to go on. Um, I don't think I ever did lab work for her, but, you know, she did her own research and she came up with her own anti-cancer protocol and you know she put she had thyroid cancer and she put that into remission so i've been yeah my elder sister and my younger brother both have have been diagnosed with cancer and both of them largely through their own research um and their own uh you know abilities they developed their own uh own program on my, I, I believe my sister didn't use any chemo or anything. If memory serves, my younger brother, he did do, I think he, I know he did one round of chemo. Um, but I don't think he did the second, maybe he did, but I, I just, uh, he came over and, uh, chatted with my mom and I one night and told us, you know, what he had done and he had, you know, he had also done some Chinese medicine at the same time as the chemo and then, you know, did his own research and found out the, the power of, of turmeric. And, uh, you know, he said that he, he is in remission. <laughs> and, uh, so I don't know. It's, um, Oh, at, and I've, I've seen, there's another um, medical doctor out there, one of the, f- the first medical doctor I'd ever heard of, of that that talked about cancer. And uh, she has an improbable name, Dr. Doris Day. Um, I think I saw her on PBS or something on TV. And I remember, I think I bought her, you know, video cassette, you know, VHS uh, video before DVDs came along. And, uh, you know, she had dealt with, with breast cancer and, you know, she had gotten to the point where she didn't think she was going to make it and she couldn't hold food down anymore. Um, and 
sorry if it grosses you out, but she, because she couldn't keep any food in her stomach, she ended up taking um, her nutrition rectally with, uh, you know, basically uh, doing a, um, a veggie smoothie uh, enema. And that was, she was able to absorb enough nutrition through the back door, you know, <laughs> that she recovered from her cancer. Um, so that's, I don't have any connection there with Doris, Dr. D- Dr. Day and Selenium, but it came to mind. So there you go. And the last um, highlights I have here for Selenium um, near the end of end of it here is that selenium appears to improve the functioning of the immune system and its response to infections. That selenium appears to cause the formation of natural killer cells, which destroy foreign bacteria that enter the body. Um, Essential P450 enzymes may be induced by selenium and these enzymes help detoxify some cancer causing substances and that selenium inhibits prostaglandins which cause inflammatory reactions in the body and that male fertility may be enhanced by selenium due to increased sperm motility and that at high doses, selenium may decrease the rates of tumor cell growth, which she doesn't talk about um, what dosages those may you know, that may be, other than what he had said earlier um, from this study that uh, Larry Clark did at the University of Arizona uh, with prostate. Uh, prostate cancer and 200 micrograms of selenium, um, which reminds me, uh, Dr. Circus um, kind of opened my eyes to, you know, the possibility of, you know, taking selenium dosages much, much higher. And, um, you know, I think is if, if you know anybody, you know, if you or anybody, you know, um, has been diagnosed with cancer and wants to treat it nutritionally, I highly, highly recommend Dr. Circus, S-I-R-C-U-S. And uh, he has written a book on treating cancer with nutrition. And uh, I downloaded it, uh, bought it as, I think I downloaded it from his website, um, I don't think it or may not still be on Amazon for a, as a Kindle version, which is how I get most of my eBooks as, as Kindles. But a friend of mine, uh, his dad had uh, lung cancer and I downloaded that book and flipped through it. And I was like, man, this is extensive. Like he goes down, you know, he covers everything in there that I've ever had ever come across in my own uh, 
research and you know through the different books that I've bought over the years about cancer and you know, on and on and Dr. Circus is he is my nutritional hero. Um, Dr. Gregor is he's down a couple of rungs. I mean, I love Dr. Gregor. He's the work that he's doing is really good, but um, he's totally clueless when it comes to iodine and and, and selenium, if memory serves. Absolutely, he, Dr. Gregor is not in line with with me and Dr. Um, Dr. Circus, Dr. Bronstein, the other iodine project doctors, um, which is to me, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like par for the course, I guess it's, um, I've gotten used to the idea that nobody seems to have all the different puzzle pieces. Some of, you know, some have more than others. And, um, you know, as far as nutrition goes, I think Dr. Circus is the, uh, you know, he's my go-to guy if I ever want to dig into something like that, which hasn't really been, you know, hasn't been a priority for me lately. I mean, I, I've really shifted gears, but that's another show. Um, so we talked a bunch about selenium. Next for the plus and minus two electrical kingdom is the king of the show, magnesium. And magnesium is at number 38. It is associated with the amino acid alanine. And the kidney to peri, I'm thinking that's kidney to perineum meridian, uh, 7 p.m. regeneration. Uh, he talks a bit here about chlorophyll and uh, reminds me about uh, one of the, the cool little pieces of trivia I learned is that the, the difference between, uh, you know, human blood or mammalian blood and the blood of plants is that the, um, you know, oxygen gets carried by hemoglobin and I don't know uh, I've never really deeply studied or really even shallowly studied you know biological chemistry but um, I've read on the internet so it must be true right um, that the structure of hemoglobin is identical to the structure of chlorophyll with one exception that the center of hemoglobin is the iron atom and that the center of chlorophyll is magnesium. And um, Dr. Uh, Ulray and Mr. Walters talk about um, chlorophyll here in their entry for magnesium. So it says, as sunlight hits the earth and the agency of chlorophyll brings green to the fore, the center of that chlorophyll molecule is magnesium. It is the basis for the food chain or the food web. And magnesium is also the basis for cell 
economics. I haven't highlighted this, but um, it says magnesium is the single mineral most wiped out by the consumption of phosphoric acid. And if I remember correctly, that's one of the things that you'll get you know, drinking soda or pop. Um, what I like to refer to as colored sugar water, which seeing, you know, seeing this uh, sugar water cheaper than water is kind of like, Damn, no wonder we're obese. Um, Feet, here we go. Feet deficient in magnesium have bad odor. Muscles don't work. Bowels get blocked. Kidneys can't work. Poor sleep results. The back hurts. Heart palpitations result. Eyelids twitch. Osteoporosis, high blood pressure, migraine headaches, the whole bag. In the next paragraph, magnesium is ubiquitous. And this was surprising to me. This is what I highlighted. The first thing I highlighted uh, of two. The easiest way to overcome magnesium deficiency is to drink enough water. Dehydration causes magnesium to be wasted. Supplementation of 3 milligrams of boron a day prevents loss of magnesium through urination. And that taking calcium supplements is the fastest way to deplete magnesium. Too much milk consumption can throw a young athlete into magnesium crisis. Geriatric patients on calcium often so deplete their magnesium that they perish. Perish is another word for die. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, A slow and insidious way to lose magnesium is with the use of diuretics. 80% of people who use diuretics lose magnesium on a daily basis. And the more diuretics that are used, the greater the loss of magnesium. This starts a deep spiral in regard to one's health. My next highlight is the human body needs magnesium, calcium, sodium, and potassium in the process of helping to transmit electrical impulses across nerves and muscles, regulation of blood pressure, bone building, and more. Magnesium functions in the body as being necessary for solid teeth and bones, essential for brain and liver function, calms nerves, promotes cell growth, supports the ex. Yeah, excretory process holds water in the colon, making that easier to have easy bowel movements. Uh, increases tissue elasticity. 
read between the lines. That means fewer wrinkles as you get older. Signs of possible deficiency, sleepiness, growth, failure, menstrual migraines, organ calcification, fainting, asthma, vertigo, cramps, depression, muscular weakness, stiff muscles, and neuralgia. So, diabetes, calcium, you know, magnesium is part of the cal, you know, the sugar tolerance ratio, which is the relationship between calcium and magnesium. So, you know, too much calcium, too much too much calcium um, makes it really hard for uh, for your body to burn up that sugar. course, low energy kind of goes hand in hand with depression. Um, one of the things that uh, my mentor, Albert Skip Snow, taught me was that calcium helps your, your muscles tighten and magnesium helps your muscles relax. So when he talks about here of um, of cramping, and you know, I talked earlier about um, restless leg syndrome. Um, I had one husband and wife come in, and you know, he showed me the bruises on his legs because of his wife's restless leg syndrome, and he was getting kicked every night. And I was like, "Oh, you came to the right place." She's magnesium deficient. Start with, you know, you know, you can either go, I would suggest going two tablets twice a day. You know, that's about, I think there were um, 100 milligram magnesium glycinate, which is the easiest form of magnesium to absorb. Is it as the smallest, uh, smallest size of all the various uh combinations that you can get magnesium in the cheapest form and probably I think the least absorbable is magnesium oxide which you pick up you know the cheapest multivitamins out there you know cheapest cheapest magnesium supplements they all use magnesium oxide super cheap and pretty much worthless um Magnesium citrate is Against their loneliness, 
So, interesting fact. <laughs> I, I had some t technical difficulties, and I couldn't use, couldn't figure out how to disconnect from what's called the direct connect into the switchboard. And ended up, I call, I've called in on the guest number. And while I was figuring out how I was going to reconnect to the show, I I muted my microphone on my cell phone. Is after I'd connected, I was like, "Oh, the the last music track that I was playing is is still going." So I don't want to talk over Alice and David. So anyway, the music ended, and I started talking forgetting that I was still on mute. <laughs> so I, I did a little rehash of what I thought might have kind of fallen through the technical glitch um, about magnesium. And let's see, still have that here. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I... I, I've got 47 minutes to go before the end of the show. Um, yeah, I guess I could, you know, as I was saying it the first time while I was muted out, I was like, well, if they have to hear it, if they do hear it twice, I guess it's not the end of the world. Um, repetition is kind of a key ingredient in learning as much as I wish it wasn't. I wish I could hear something once or see something once and have it just stick in my brain forever. Just right there at the click of a finger to be uh, recalled perfectly. Um, but is it good radio? I think from what I, <laughs> my own personal experience with radio and you know, learning about being a good presenter, a good host, repeating yourself the same way. I mean, it's one thing if you're going to, you know, say something a little bit differently, but I don't think I did say it a little bit differently in my uh, after the glitch uh, attempt to resume the program. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd, uh, I thought I was talking to you for the last 20, 30 minutes, and then went to play, or started to play, uh, another Alice and David track, and happened to glance down at my phone, and I was like, oh, I've been on mute this whole time. Oh, well. Um, so, let's see, let's go back to Magnesium, which is number 38. So, let's see, I, I can how do this different? Well, I, I won't be repeating myself of what I said today, I don't think. But talking about magnesium and, you know, to repeat what I said the other day, 
in the show that I dedicated to uh, kind of the fundamentals of the trace element analysis when I would send cl my clients hair samples off to a lab to figure out how the metabolism is working or not not working um, in in the in those numbers uh, we look at the relationship of calcium and magnesium which is the sugar tolerance ratio so a, an overdose you know a relative overdose of calcium is going to slow down the ability of your body to absorb sugar into the cells and uh, of course if you're not getting sugar into the cells it's not going to be converted to energy and the other ratio that it plays a role in is with the adrenals and that's between sodium and magnesium um, so of course the, the adrenals and the thyroid kind of like the dynamic duo of your metabolism so if both of them aren't aren't doing their jobs well then your energy levels are going to suffer um, so you know magnesium I described earlier as you know being one of the most needed raw materials to build enzymes which are the, the you know in the analogy they're the tools that your workforce uses to get work done um, in that the first highlight I have here is that uh, the easiest way to overcome a magnesium deficiency is to drink enough water because dehydration causes magnesium to be wasted and you can prevent that well one by hydrating and two by making sure you get at least three milligrams of boron a day um, and that magnesium along with calcium sodium and potassium are critical to um, the body's ability to transmit electrical impulses the regulation of blood pressure bone building need it for good healthy teeth and bones brain and liver function calms the nerves promotes cell growth uh, just just so many things uh, which of course is why I'm talking about it uh, and and I was just I was was and am so excited that this book was written and that it helped me to kind of unlock the the mysteries of, of nutrition and make it so much easier to get people started on on taking you know addressing diet and nutrition in a very focused way um, and to be able to explain to people you know the, you know how this these nutrients are so crucially tied together in helping to balance water in the body and uh, can't can't hear it enough you know the, the, every time uh, you think health you, if you're not thinking water within a, a second or two then you haven't heard it enough <laughs> um, and then let's see the the next element 
that rounds out the, my top six uh, is calcium. And as I was flipping through to calcium at number 46, I was like, oh, wow, I actually didn't highlight anything in here. And that I think that the reason why that was because most of the of what he's written in here um, is talking about excess calcium um, being a problem, and basically it will cause magnesium deficiency symptoms to appear, which is kind of like old hat to me, so it wasn't anything anything new. One of the things that I was talking about while I was on mute was I think I had started to say, you know, there are two areas of our lives where really simple, elegant, beautiful bodies of knowledge exist where we are convinced as lay people, non-experts, that they're just too complicated for us to mere mortals to understand and that being health on the one hand, and on the other hand, music. And I was raving on a little bit about uh, the, uh, the music mentor I have found um, in the person of Duncan Lorian. And uh, he is assisted by his lovely wife, Sally Slagle. I live up in uh, Nahant, Massachusetts. I had the privilege of being in their their class, their three-day seminar, with a tiny group of people. I think we had eight, and you know, it, which is you know, in his range of classes, I, I think that's below the the low <laughs> the low number that they usually will have in a class. Um, but it was uh, so it was extra special. It, you know, it's like the coronavirus scare had kind of been ramping up, and people weren't you know, weren't signing up for for things that they would have to travel with. And even if they didn't really have to go too far, they were people were beginning to uh, isolate themselves and you know stay home if they didn't have to leave the house. So in a way, you know, Corona has given me two huge gifts. One of them was having such a small, intimate gathering um, of people for that Understanding of Music seminar up in Nahantz, Massachusetts. And the other was having such a small group out at the Highly Sensitive Men's Workshop out at 1440 University. And... Uh, Yeah, life is, it seems to be extremely complicated and the answers to, the, you know, all of our pressing problems seem to be so overwhelming. And what I have found is that, you know, what, you know, the, what I, how do I turn this into the next thought? Um, that my faith, just jump into it, I, my faith in a in a loving creator that that understands under, understood when when we were created that we would go through this process of of learning of 
being kicked out of the Garden of Eden, um, and then uh, the fall of man into the, the depths of evil, and and then coming back out of it, God saw that this was going to happen, and that a God that would create a system too complex for human beings to understand while they're, you know, engrossed, just consumed by fear, um, would be a cruel God. And the fact that so many, you know, these two pro basic pieces of, of uh, the human experience, you know, being in a healthy body and enjoying music, uh, to have it revealed that they're both really simple, elegant, beautiful, beautifully created um, makes me uh, makes me hate God a whole lot less. <laughs> and you know, I've kind of gone through a, a shift of hating the world to then kind of not hating the world and then hating God because that, you know, it's God's fault ultimately to falling in love with with God but hating people again and now more recently having a love for God and maybe not love for humanity but compassion for humanity which I guess is maybe the next best thing in I know that there are some philosophers out there that would say, well, you can't have compassion if you're not loving. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. So I just heard my nephew come home, and I am curious to speak with him. And I really, um, really have, have talked about everything that I, I had intended to cover today. Oh, I think one I also talked about um, that I would – that I missed. I'm pretty sure I was muted when I was talking about the latest and greatest from my friends over at the Orthomolecular Medicine News Service, and they've been doing a series about you know, vitamin C and um, treating Corona slash COVID-19, and they came out with a new uh, press release last night and there's a one sentence in there that basically is the key takeaway um, in this news release um, they say vitamin C has worked against every single virus including influenzas pneumonia and even poliomyelitis whatever that is um, it says, in the medical literature, there are more than 64,000 published articles and studies on vitamin C available at the U.S. National Library of Medicine National Center for Biotechnology Innovation, which is like, that's a really long string of words I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, uh, if people understood the power of vitamin C and the power of iodine and selenium and 
the other royal minerals, as I like to call them, you know, we would not be in this uh, stay-the-fuck-home mode that uh, seems to be so pervasive in the United States and in the world in general. So I am going to mute up my mic here and I'll play. I think what I'll do, I'm going to going to go ahead and play my favorite end of the show track, Dreams Come True, um, because I'm, since this is the seventh day I've been doing the show and I have yet to have a call in, if I did get a caller in the last 30 minutes of the show today, I think that would be highly, uh, it would be breaking the odds, the probabilities. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and catch up with my nephew, and uh, that'll be it for me today. I will catch y'all tomorrow or the next time you tune in to Come Talk Health Radio.
Make our dreams come true. 